It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. Nobody knows if Love's any good or not. Nobody knows if he's bad. Nobody knows if he's good. I didn't put Jair Alexander's comments in my column because I don't think it's valid. But what I do like is the quiet confidence. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Andre Paraiso, filling in for our buddy Elliot Bowman on the ones and twos there. So Andre joining us on the GM Shuffle journey for the first time ever. We appreciate Andre stepping in in a time of need. But Michael, how are we doing, man? I mean, this is an interesting time of the year because... We have a team-building exercise that's about to happen in another sport in the NBA draft, which is coming up Thursday night here. I know you're excited for that. You know, it's always my favorite time of the year. I love the NBA draft. I mean, I love all drafts. But this one, because, you know, it's, you know, it's always about – I can still remember when, uh, you know, the Sixers had the, the second pick. Of course, we took Sean Bradley or just missing out on uh, – you know, we just missed out on Patrick Ewing years ago and then – you know, Keith Van Horn wouldn't come play for us. And so we had to trade down and take Tim Tom. I mean, so I, like, I love this, you know, I love it. I, I, I don't love the, the hat exchange. Like I don't love the hat exchange. Yeah, like I, I wish we could go back and keep Mikhail Bridges in a sixer hat, but I, I, I mean, I don't love that, but I love the whole thing around it. And I think it's really kind of a lesson in, in team building. It's a lesson in, really making it that your depth chart is too prevalent in the room. You know, the greatest lesson of all is, well, we have Clyde Drexler. We don't need Michael Jordan. 
you know, and so people think, okay, well, we do have Clyde, but if we took Jordan and trade Drexler, what would that look like, right? So they take Sam Bowie and it doesn't work out. So I think it's it's a great lesson tool for other teams or, or young executives to kind of study the art of team building. And that's what I love so much about it. I don't love the broadcast. I got to be honest. I don't love it. I mean, they got guys on the broadcast that, that don't understand anything about team. Poor Bobby Marks. He's off in some side room and he should be there at least telling us what the hell is going on. Should be Woj and, and Marks, and that should be the whole goddamn show. You know, like I don't need somebody telling me how great a player is I'm never going to see. <laughs> you, you don't want Jay Billis talking to you? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Jay's got a role in college basketball. He has no idea how to build a fucking team. I mean, seriously, like, you know, like what compartments go in there? What's wrong with the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, I told you this. Uh, you weren't on the show yesterday, but we talked about it. I was in Milwaukee. I stayed at the, one of the great hotels there. And, you know, the Hornets had just come through and, you know, and they were apologizing for the odor. Wonder what that odor was? I don't know. But they were apologizing for the odor because the Hornets, you know, were just having a party in the hotel. So, like, like what fits for the Hornets? What fits for the Trailblazers? You know, what what does all that? And to me, that's the most interesting thing is how do you craft this team? How do you build it? And how do you get all these pieces to operate in the same manner? I mean, and everybody gets caught on star appeal, right? Everybody gets caught on star appeal. I love Pat Riley's press conference yesterday. He was quoting Springsteen. It was so good, right? But but Springsteen, when he put when he was looking for a drummer, he put an ad in the paper that wasn't, I don't want the, the greatest drummer. I want a drummer that fits our band. That's team building. That's what's kind of like, it's the same thing, putting a rock and roll band together. So that's what I find fascinating about this. And I don't think there's enough executives that spend time understanding how to formulate the band concept. Yeah. And I think basketball, the band concept and that analogy with basketball is really perfect because there's five guys out there. Not everybody can be the lead singer. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to work out. You're going to need a lead singer. You're going to need a bass player, a, a slash man. You're going to need somebody who's on the drums. Like, like it's it's all like it and has you're to need work background singers. Time. You're going to need some background yeah. singers. You're going to need some people to come in there. I mean, like Phoenix went all in, right? I mean, Phoenix goes all in and trades for Bradley Beal. We can debate whether he's worth fifty million or not. You know, now he's a three. You know, they have five guys under contract. They have the rights, I think, to twelve. What's their depth look like? Like, how does this all work? And I think to me, a lot of this is because there's not enough divergent thinking. Let's go back to Drexler. You know, we have Drexler. We don't need Jordan. But if Jordan's significantly better than Drexler, you know, maybe we trade Drexler and get a huge bunch of assets. You know, I think that's really the issue is like, how do we maximize our ability? And they get so caught up on their depth charts that I don't think they kind of look to maximize it. You know, I'm not saying you should have Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns together because that might not work. But my point is, is you've got to figure out a way to maximize your full ability once by what the draft is allowing you to have. You don't have to take it to fill out a depth chart. Yeah. And then you mentioned all the Sean Bradleys and stuff for the Sixers pass, but you didn't even mention Allen Iverson. What picked first overall that worked out for the Sixers, you know, yeah, it did. MVP, yeah, I mean, let him to the it, finals. It, it, I mean, it did, you know, I mean, look, the Kobe Bryant was playing over at Lower Marion. He would yeah. come in and play, you know, I mean, look, you, you know, that there's a perfect example. Iverson was a great player. His career didn't last as long as it should have, perhaps because of, you know, some of the way he lived off the court. He admitted it in that documentary, you know, so. Yeah. But look, you, you're not going to hit on all of them. I get that. But I, I think, you know, for every Iverson, we've had too many of you know, too many of Evan, uh, 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 what's that kid from Ohio state, Evan, uh, yeah. 
Evan was it Evan Brown or what's yeah what's his name? or Evan I Neal? Forget. No, not Evan. Evan Neal's the offensive tackle for the Giants. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, I know so who you're talking for, about. I think it's every one of those guys. You know, you just sit there and say, Jesus Christ, can't we just you know for Markel Fultz? Oh, you know, we still think he's the great. I mean, you know, all that. I mean, every team has that, but that's where I think skill of team building come in. It, it requires. I, I think we miss this so often. It takes talent to evaluate talent. Not everybody's a great scout. Not everybody's a great team builder. Not everybody understands how all the parts have to work together. I just wrote a column for uh, for for Veasan about the your Bears, of course, naturally, about how I feel like the Packers are being disrespected because the Packers, the perception of the Packers is that you know they have Jordan Love and he's no good. You know, even he started one game against Kansas City in November of 21. So, you know, he's not very good. But yet Desmond Ritter, who played four games, is going to lead Atlanta to the south. And Fields is going to have this huge turnaround. When the Packers have a really good defense, they gave up 17 points in the last five games of the season. They held opponents to 16 first downs. They forced 12 turnovers. They played their best football. When they actually ran the ball and developed an offense that wasn't the Aaron Rodgers offense of, of days gone by. And it reminds me of when in the 50s, and I wrote about this in the new book, Football Done Right, is about Jack Venisi, the general manager. He was not titled the general manager. He's the director of player personnel all through the 50s for the Packers when they were, I think, 32 and 76 and 2. They had one of the worst records in all of sports, right? They couldn't win anything. And he's just collecting all these players that look like shit. You know, Forrest Gregg wasn't good. You know, Bart Starr was a 16th round pick. You know, they got Paul Horning. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. They can't get him on Jimmy Taylor. They got... He ends up putting 13 guys in the Hall of Fame from the collection of what he did. But until Lombardi got there in 59, they weren't very good. And so a lot of that is how the coach blends the team together, which is the art of drafting. That's that's a key component. This is not just about talent. It's not just about, well, we got Zion Williamson, so we're going to be great. Yeah, Evan Turner was the guy that we're looking for. Evan, Evan Turner. Turner, thank you. Yes, thank yeah. you yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why can't I think about this? I'm, I'm naming off offensive lineman in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> I can remember, I can remember they had the combine in Chicago or somewhere and they would release the data and Evan Turner's vertical jump was 29 inches. And I kept saying to myself, you know, I don't know anything about basketball, but if you're picking a guy the second in the draft, I want somebody with a higher vertical leap than 29 inches. Now I know he's yeah. six feet six. I get that. Right. But I want, Still. I mean, if I'm pot, if I'm buying high, I want to buy the highest level of athleticism I can get. Yeah. That's that's maybe that should have been a, the red flag that we were looking for there with maybe not having the elite athleticism to go along with that sort of a pedigree. I know you mentioned Zion Williamson because his name has actually been brought up a lot during the draft. And I think it's a really um, interesting favorite. kind of parallel for yeah. the NFL. I know, that's your boy now. You've been talking about Zion here, but his name might be called in terms of a trade coming up here because I know a lot of people are talking about how the New Orleans Pelicans are looking to move on from Zion Shocked. He's only played more than 30 games once in a four-year career. And it sounds like they've fallen in love with Scoot Henderson, the guard from, I believe he was at the G League Ignite team, uh, didn't play in college basketball, but a lot yeah. of people have been raving about his on-court ability and his mental makeup as well here. If you're a general manager, let's say you're the Portland Trailblazers, you have a chance to advise them, or you have a chance to advise the Charlotte Hornets or whoever might trade for Zion. What do you say about that for a guy that's proven to be unreliable at best? I say that for everybody who's never been fired, uh, believes they can turn Zion Williamson around. And for the people who have been fired and have scars that have kind of endured 
this perception of talent that doesn't translate to the court or to the field, uh, they would say, no, this is really, this is Democrats and Republicans. I mean, there's two people on both sides of the aisle. You know, there's the, you know, Zion's so talented, you can't get rid of him. You can't give up on him. He's going to come together. He's 23 years old. And then there's people like me, call me old school. But to me, I come from the Parcells school. When a player shows you who he is, believe him. And why would I believe that Zion's going to change his work habits, change his diet, change his body, when now he's going to get five years at a max contract or whatever the hell it is, when he hasn't demonstrated that throughout his career? Like, I believe Zion. He's told me who he is. Is he talented? There's no question. But when you're building a team around a guy like Zion, you, you really have to be careful about what you're doing because he'll have one great year and we'll read articles from everybody and we'll get the great, you know, uh, the the great uh, Ken, Kender, uh, what the, Perkins on, on the Perkins, Worldwide yeah. Leader. You know, he'll say, oh, what a stupid move it was by the, the, the Hornets to trade this guy. And then the next year he'll play 12 games and nobody will say a word, you know. And so I, I think to me, I, I, I would you got to get you can't you can't win with Zion as your lead dog. You can't win with Zion as your leader of your team. It's never going to work. Now, if he goes to Portland and he's playing with Damon Lillard, Lillard, you need him to help you get going. But let's be clear here. You know, talent is fool you. It's fool's gold. And and there's no chance that you're going to be able to make this talent into something when his track record has proven that he is who he is. Yeah, I know no, you. I know you would trade. No, him. I know you would. No, I, know I would you not. Would. You, Michael, you know, you I, I love. I love me some talented players, but he he's he's a bridge way too far. I mean, the guy doesn't play. He doesn't play. So it's like you can be ex- ex- incredibly talented, and he is incredibly talented. The one you did play a sixty percent shooting, twenty six points per game. Like that's elite stuff. Tease. But if you're never on the court, it doesn't matter. He's a tease. I mean, he's, you know, he's yeah. just teasing you. He's never going to, he never buys yeah. into the program. He's another uh, Zion too, doesn't feel like media. Zion. Yeah. I mean, forget the off the field stuff, which is, you know, is, is problematic in itself. But mm-hmm. to me, he doesn't love basketball. How do you take somebody? He's cursed with basketball talent. That's what it is. It's a curse. And you're taking that curse because you think you can turn it around. Yeah. It's a shame because if he was mentally all the way in, I think we'd see one of the, more awesome players that we've ever seen in he's NBA history. But that if is never changing. It's yeah. never changing. No, it's not. Like you said, he's told us who he is. And if you were willing to reward him with that money, why would he ever change? In his mind, he's not doing anything wrong. So uh, we'll see what happens later on with the NBA draft. But that, that was a fun team-building exercise. On the other side, let's talk about the NFL and the updated gambling policies here on the GM Show. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, Tuesday morning, Michael, the NFL had a conference call about the updated gambling policy. Of course, this has been in the news all throughout the offseason with the Detroit Lions in their case, uh, Isaiah Rogers, the cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. And it sounds like there might be some others coming down the turnpike here later on this offseason. But here are the six key rules for the players as it pertains to the gambling policy and the education. The first one is don't bet on the NFL. That's very straightforward. Second, don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. So pretty much don't bet at work. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. And then don't play daily fantasy football. But I think the new updated stuff, which I want to get your thoughts on here, is that here's what they tweaked. If a player uses his own name on a gambling app, they will alert us, said Sabrina Perrell, the NFL chief compliance officer, meaning they, the sports books, will alert the NFL. Then also rookies must go through a mandatory training about the gambling policy. And then finally, there's no kind of carve out or exception for Raiders, Raiders players since they live in Las Vegas, where gambling, of course, is legal, um, legal in other states as well, 39 of them to be exact. But uh, we also know that Nevada is kind of the, the mecca of sports betting and gambling and all yeah. that stuff. But what did you make of this with now that the new added rules here trying to get the rookies up to date? Because obviously the NFL doesn't want this to continue. Yeah, well, I mean, it, look, it's all through education. that has got to change, right? I mean, look, you and I, we both work for DraftKings, who sponsors our podcast. Even though yep. it's we're under the umbrella of DraftKings, we work for Visa. And we take how many how many times do we take uh, test to understand the rules and regulations, whether it applies to Canada or whether it applies to, you know, the United States, what we can and can't do and all that stuff, which is what we have to do to comply within the rules and regulations that are set forth. So to me, this is an important thing. I, I would take it a step further. I would, you know, look, one thing, you know, when you walk into the building, somebody should check all these players' phones to make sure there's no apps on them. You know, if you have somebody stationed at the door every day, you know, for two weeks that, you know, you're going to come in, you're going to get your phone checked. That That's important. You know, now you say, well, players should know not to have it on their phone. Well, OK, we don't we don't know that. I think the other thing is, is you've got to be really good about making sure that you educate the players that you will get caught if you share information 
or if you have someone else bet for you. Because that's the loophole, right? I mean, I think yep. players will be smart enough not to put it on their phone, but the loophole will be, you know, are you letting somebody else or, you know, here's what's going on or, hey, I really like this team against that team. We just played them and I, and I talked to this guy and he's hurt. And he's probably not going to play. I think that's going to be the hard thing to nail down. Now, one thing about football, we know this that sometimes the way we think the injuries are going to go doesn't necessarily translate into winning and losing. Mm -hmm. no, and that's the part that I think is really interesting because that's been going on forever before legalized betting. Like you'll have, whether it's a leak in the organization or if maybe it's a spouse or what have you, but we all know the betting market usually finds this stuff out really early, even before some of the insiders find out like, all right, who's going to be active? Who's going to be inactive? There's a reason why you see the markets moving on a Saturday afternoon when no news has really come out, but somebody's anticipating, oh, this offensive tackle is going to be inactive and he's key to their offensive line, being able to block this edge rusher. Let's go ahead and bet this team. And then all of a sudden day of the game comes out. Oh, offensive tackle is now inactive. Like that's been going on for a while. It's like, how does the NFL kind of crack down on that inside information? Because let's say you're a player and you're talking to your spouse. So it's like, Hey man, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to be down both of our corners this week. And all of a sudden your spouse goes and then tells somebody <laughs> else, like, it feels like, you know, it's like, it, it can kind of be a, a trickle down effect a little bit. Well, I mean, but I think that information is kind of out there. I mean, the NFL does a good job. Unlike the NBA. I mean, we, we are really compliant with our injury list. I mean, yes, I know that some teams make everybody doubtful, but they end up playing, but we have a <laughs> Which good team are you sense of about? it. <laughs> well, there's a lot of teams that do that. I mean, it's just not one. You want to blame the Patriots, but it's just not one. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, there's a reason why we have it. College doesn't have an injury list, right? Yeah. So it's harder to do in college. I think college has the harder challenge in the NFL because 100%. one of the things that have been going on since we've had the NFL today, which entered our lives in 1971 and was a, is the first pregame show, we've had people talking about it on national television about who's playing, who's not. I mean, that goes back a long way to the great Brent Musburger. So we're used to that. College, we don't have an injury report. We don't know if a freshman's going to start at right guard or, or a left corner until we get to the game. So it's always challenging. And we see the lines move predicated on that. Uh, I, I think, look, I, I truly believe this is something the NFL can work through. You know, as I, I, one of the great things about our podcast is we have an interactive audience. And so when I mentioned last week about, you know, they don't have this issue in London or England over that. And, you know, people that listen to us over there, they, they mentioned they sent me the articles on. Actually, they do have a little bit of an issue and they're handling it well. But in the state of technology and where we are, I got to believe we can keep working through it. And I think what, the, what, the, what was not said in that release is the pressure that the own that the league is going to put on the head coaches to continue the education, to make sure the players are aware of what we got to do, to make sure that the players understand the rules and are compliant within the rules and do it every single day. Because these guys, look, these guys, they'll forget within a 10 minutes. Yeah. Is it to the point where you think that the league should almost find the teams if they continue to have these gambling issues? Like, because I almost think that if you find the teams, the teams will then be cracking down on the players saying, hey, we can't allow this to be going on. Like no owner is going to want to be paying out of pocket because the third string cornerback decided yeah. to bet a parlay on a Saturday night. Like, is that where we should be headed? I think to me, you know, it's kind of hard to do that. But I, I think I think I would have I don't know if this is if you can, but I, I think ultimately, you know, you can mandate there's no phones in team meetings. 
well, why can't you mandate that we're going to make sure there's no apps on your phone? I mean, there's got to be a software to develop that when people come in and sign into your Internet, you can find out who has apps on their phone. I mean, there's got to be that. Right. And to me, yeah. I think that's just part of how the technology can keep going to make sure that we don't have apps on our phone. Now, does that mean you download the app when you leave the building? You're allowed to do that. You're allowed. You're allowed to do that. You know, you're allowed to have an app on your phone. You're just not allowed to bet on NFL games. You're not allowed to bet on your team. You're not allowed to do it in your facility. So at least it eliminates that issue. And when we take a road trip, we got to make sure you don't have that on your yep. phone as well. So I do think there's ways. And look, we're too smart technology-wise to not figure this out. Yeah. No, and I think the road trip point that you bring up is a really key one because let's say that you're like you're on the Dallas Cowboys and you play in the state of Texas where gambling is not legal. Well, we're gonna travel up to Philadelphia to play the Eagles, Pennsylvania, there's legal gambling. Let me download the app because oh, my alma mater, Penn State's gonna host Ohio State and I really like us to win the game. Like that's still not allowed. The road trip still counts as yeah. betting at the team facility because it's still a part of betting at work. So I think that's the bigger education because like you want, you wouldn't be betting NFL. You'd be betting college football on a Saturday night because you're just kind of hanging out in your hotel yeah. room. But you still can't do that. Yeah, exactly right. Because when you're on the road on those Saturday nights and you have your team meetings, and then after the team meetings, everybody has a huge snack, and their big TVs are all in those team meeting rooms, and everybody's yeah. watching the ESPN game on the Sunday, the Saturday night game, or the Fox game, or whatever game they're all on, and everybody's in there, and everybody knows, you know, where you played and what you did, and then there's always mm -hmm. a little bit of a you know, a kind of a, 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 I don't want to call it a bet, but hey, you know, if 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 Ohio yeah. State beats Michigan, you got to wear this jersey, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. I mean, Friendly that's what happens in locker room, right? So you're going to have to do a really good job of that. And I think there's got to be a way to where the CBA, the Players Association, they want this to be as as strict as possible. It's going to take everybody working together because it's only going to save your career. I mean. You don't want to be like Brady told those players. You don't want to be stupid and ruin your career over a, a $5 bet or a $50 bet. You know, I mean, Calvin Ridley's didn't bet very much. He lost a year of salary in, in that. I mean, that, that's you're not replacing that. You're not replacing that. So what we're trying to do is protect you from yourselves. It's not like we're sitting there trying to invade your privacy. We're trying to protect you. And I think the thing that, is really cool that the sports books, they're going to alert the NFL if you, you're using your real name, which you have to use your real name when you sign up for the betting apps. We've all signed up for betting apps before. Like you need your ID, you need your name and you need your social security number, like a bank account that's attached to it. If it's over the app. So it's like, you can't really like, Oh, like I'm you Calvin Ridley, fudge. but I'm bill Ridley. Like you can't really do that. Cause that was the instance. That's how they caught Calvin Ridley when he was out for the Falcons there. He was using his actual name because that's how you have to sign up for the app. So the, the, the league yeah, is going to do a good job of monitoring it. And, and I think to me that this is this is something we're just going to continue to work through. And, yeah. and as long as the coaches and I'm sure they're going to be really spend a lot of time. I'm sure the league's going to send people through to make sure that they have, you know, that they do it. But the coaches do it as well. And to make sure that everybody's compliant. I just think it can work. I really do. I think it's yeah. a, it, it can really work. I, I think the bigger issue, though, Femi, is in college. I don't know how they're going to monitor his college. I mean, they can't keep – they don't even know, you know, San Diego State leaves. They're, where are they? They're in the mountain. Well, I don't know where – I mean, they have a hard time – I have a hard time figuring out whose conference is in, let alone they're going to monitor how they actually do this. And kids can get this on their phones. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're still trying to figure out TV deals. If you ask the PAC 12, what's going on there, they're not worried about gambling. But like you said, we've seen this in college. Like we saw the baseball team for Alabama and like the shenanigans going on with their head coach. He got dismissed. We've seen, I believe it was the Iowa athletic department as well. had some stuff going on with sports betting and all that. So in college too, why I think it could be a little bit tricky is that these guys, they have the NIL, but let's say you're not one of these high price NIL athletes. You could easily be compromised if somebody said, hey, we're going to give you six figures cash if you do this for me or if you let me know whatever. Like the NFL, those guys are paid, so it's a little bit higher of a bar that somebody would have to get to to compromise an NFL player. But a college athlete, you could easily compromise a college athlete who's not making a whole lot of money. Yeah, although there is a whole lot of money in college athletics. I mean, it's really kind of amazing what has transpired. It's the wild, wild west. As I mentioned before, it's like – the NFL before they had a draft. At some point, they're going to have to get a kind of a, a, a way around. Not, I don't want to say a, there needs to be some uniformity to this because right now it's too damn hard. It's 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 the wild wild west. I mean, you know, you take basketball, you take football. I mean, you you really it's a challenge to understand what's going on out there and to study the teams is even harder. You know, that's why if you're going to bet college football. I urge everybody on this, listens to this pod, take two conferences and that's it. You can't bet the whole league. Yeah. Like you said, college football, you'll show up to the game and we don't even know who's playing quarterback. We've seen that happen. <laughs> like we've yeah, seen that happen. Yeah. Where the, like the starting quarterback warms up, but actually he's hurt. And we just use that warm up as a decoy. We're playing this other kid. So sorry. <laughs> like, and there's no inactives list or anything. That's just kind of how it rolls. Like you mentioned, the wild, wild west of betting college sports there. But on the other side, let's get to some of the free agency news. Dalvin Cook has been talking. We'll talk about him next. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, Michael, recently, as of this morning, you wrote an article for vsin.com, a column. We encourage everybody to go ahead and check that out at vsin.com. And the headline is, why not the Green Bay Packers? Now, this comes after Jair Alexander, their cornerback, spoke highly of Jordan Love, saying that he could be the best QB in the league, which theoretically is out there on the table because we've only seen him play about a couple games or so. Uh, why did yeah. you choose this was a good time to write about Jordan Love in this upcoming Packers season, which has a lot of uncertainty, but also maybe a lot of upside? I, I think there's so much of a narrative gets driven, you know, in this betting market. Like for me, and I know you're a Justin Fields fan, and I don't want to go down that road again. I'm going to have a nice day off today. I want to enjoy tomorrow. I, I don't want to go down that road. However, I'll I see you Friday, think- though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll see you Friday. I just think the Packers are being are being really undervalued. And there, there's a great line, Will Hill, you know, the great Will Hill, who's an expert on pretty much every sport you can possibly be on. I'm sure if we brought him in to discuss cricket, he would know cricket, too. But but he's he bright, loves this line. He reminded me of this line in The Sopranos. He said when, you know, the Richie Aprile's trying to get Albert Barisi to talk to Larry Boy Barisi about going on his side to take Tony out, you know, and Albert, who repeats everything that the person says, it's a great clip. He says, you know, you know, he's a guest of the government and he's in no position to go into the unknown, not knowing. And I think that sums up the Packers. Nobody knows. And nobody knows if love's any good or not. Nobody knows if he's bad. Nobody knows if he's good. 
Now, one thing I will say, and I don't buy the rhetoric, I didn't put Jair Alexander's comments in my column because I don't think it's valid. I, I, I don't think it's valid for people to think Trey Lance is, you know, when I read those comments, nor do I believe it about Justin Fields. I think they're kind of, but what I do like is the quiet confidence. You know, you heard it from Aaron Rodgers, you know, and he doesn't have to put his name on it. He just did. And you hear it, you don't hear anything out of Green Bay as, oh shit, they're in trouble. And I think to me, we as fans don't realize that the Packers have watched every practice, that Goots watched every practice, LaFleur's watched every practice. Like they've all watched practice. So they've seen this kid. And I don't think they're gonna risk, I don't think they're gonna risk the 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 whole situation based on what they've seen. You know, and, and I think they doubled down. I mean, look, I don't love Sean Clifford as a backup quarterback. However, however, you know, I would have thought they would have brought a veteran player in, but they didn't. You know, they got Sean Clifford's their backup. Right. So and the kid Danny Effling from LSU. So I, I just think to me they're undervalued and they're undervalued on defense. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, their defense played down the stretch really well. They created 12 turnovers. They held teams to 17 points when they got healthy up front. They got legitimate player and Gary and Kenny Clark, if they're healthy. I mean, this is a, this is not a team devoid of talent. They've got some really good young players on offense. So like, just say love is good. Like, why can't they win the North? You know what it reminds me of? And I know there's, we have fans of other teams that are going to say, oh shit, here goes Femi talking about the Cowboys again. But it reminds me of when Tony Romo got injured in that final training camp in 2016 when he got hurt in the preseason game against the Seahawks and Kellen Moore broke his ankles. And everyone's like, oh, the Cowboys need to get a veteran quarterback in here. Like, how could they possibly go with Dak Prescott? And, and there was that quiet confidence. And he had played well in the preseason. So I guess you were able to see it and feel more confident about it. But like when you have that quiet confidence, it, it speaks volumes about a team where they're not really freaking out or they're not overly praising somebody kind of like the Niners last offseason with Trey Lance, where there was like that overpraise a little bit where it's like, shit, we got to get this guy to get up there and feel confident because we're a little concerned based on what we've seen throughout OTAs, throughout training camp and all that stuff. I, I do take notice of that with the Green Bay Packers. And it's like, man, like if they're this confident and they're not really freaking out, Maybe we should be paying attention to this guy, maybe potentially being a good quarterback, which means the Packers, who are at five to one to win the NFC North, get that, Michael, five to one and a win total right. of seven and a half. They might be the best team in that division, and you can get them at a discounted price that is just beyond belief. It is. And I think to me, there's such a strong narrative that permeates through because of betting, because of the betting market that creates it. Like, you imagine Trey Lance is 25 to one to be the MVP of the league. Now, look, I know we've got a, a, an earthquake expert at VEASAN that, that, that has declared him the greatest player of all time. I understand that. I just would rather him focus on earthquakes and a big one rather than evaluating quarterbacks. But that besides the point, you know, to me, uh, I don't understand how he can be 25 to one. What has he ever done that we've seen him play that looks like he's going to become a, an MVP player in the league? I mean, can't he get it? good before he gets great? Like, like seriously, at what point does this happen? And so for me, like, I think there's Jordan. Look, I, I think the Packers are their, their special team should be better. Now, look, they drafted Andrew Carlson from Auburn in the sixth round. He's the brother of Daniel Carlson at the Raiders. He's got to have a great year. This will be the first time in 16 years they don't have Mason Crosby kicking field goals or extra points. That worries you a little bit, right? They're going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to have to have a reliable kicker. Okay, you know, so that's one of the concerns. And then 
Can they run the offense? I think finally now, without Rodgers there, with Rodgers being gone, we're going to find out what LaFleur wants to do offensively. This team averaged five yards a carry. I mean, they've got two good real running backs in A.J. Dillon and, 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 and my man uh, Aaron Jones. They can run the football. The offensive line is fairly intact. I mean, they're going to have to get it. The, 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 the tight end, Musgrave, is going to have to come in and play well for them as a rookie. I mean, they've got some questions. There's no doubt. But so does Detroit. So yeah. does Chicago. I mean, Chicago has a ton of questions. You know, whether it's their offensive line, which really, you know, they haven't improved. It's their defensive front. Are they good enough? You know, is Fields, can he throw the football? I mean, I think it's wide open, and I don't know why the Packers are being so disrespected. And it's all based on perception. So that's why I wrote the article. It's like, why not the Packers? Why, why can't they? Lambeau Field's a hard place to play. It should be, right? They'll have a home field. 100%. And if if Love is just decent enough, and, you know, Rodgers didn't play well last year. I mean, look, they, they played the Lions, one of the worst defenses in football last year, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and they scored 24 points in two games. Whew. That's brutal. That's brutal. Especially so, that game. But, I remember the one in Detroit. That's, yeah. Yeah, that one in Detroit, they scored nine. The game at the end of the year, they're on a four-game winning streak. They couldn't move the ball against Detroit, remember? You know, yeah. and so now, is that LaFleur's fault or is that LaFleur catering to Rodgers? But now, without Rodgers, with Rodgers being removed, and he's a tremendous player and he's a Hall of Famer and all that, but you don't have to run an offense that he wants to run. You can run an offense that fits for love. And now we're going to find out if LaFleur is a good enough coach. And he has to run Love's offense, not the offense he ran with Rodgers. And, and I think if you're smart enough to figure that out, the, 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 it's unlimited the potential you can get to here. Yeah. No, I, for the VEASAN Pro Football Guide, which is coming out in eight days, I actually wrote about the Green Bay Packers as one of a, a fun awards bet that I think could be a cool way to play onto this team. I don't want to reveal it now. Maybe we'll talk about it next week when we discuss the Pro Football Betting Guide. I know you've written about coaching as well in there, but... Uh, it's. I think this team has a lot of upside, and it's a team that yeah. could potentially be much better than people think. Yeah, I mean, if you don't think coaching matters, I mean, and that's what I wrote about. I mean, like I talked about Jack Venisi, the, the the gentleman, the player personnel director of the Packers, who was picking all these guys for the 50s. Poor guy dies at 33 years old. He died in November of 1960. And when the team plane landed back at the Green Bay Struble Airport, uh, all the fans from Green Bay kind of conveyed on to the to the to the airport to to applaud this team, which has been historically it was never title town at this point. Right. And so and Lombardi gets up to the microphone and, and basically makes a point. He makes a point to say, you know, we wouldn't be here without the work of one man. And unfortunately, that young man's not with us in Jack in Jack Venisi. And and to me, you know, that that's exactly what we're talking about, how we mold talent together. How does a coach get these players that didn't look very good, that looked like a lot of blown draft picks to play at this high, high level? And I, and I think that's something that that we miss when handicapping teams. And it's funny, poor Jack Venisi. I mean, here's a guy who's got, I think, 13 Hall of Famers that he was responsible for drafting. Plus, he's responsible for bringing Lombardi there. I mean, Lombardi made no bones about it, that he would have not joined the Packers had Jack Venisi been there. And this poor bastard, he can't even get his name up on the wall. He can't get his name up on the Green Bay wall of the Hall of Fame, of the Packer Hall of Fame, because he didn't technically have the title general manager. Like, to me, it's an injustice to the Venisi family. It's an injustice to Jack. I mean, everybody knows who was responsible for picking all those players. 
And I think that, to me, it lends itself right into this conversation about it's LaFleur's team now. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can develop this talent. Yeah, this is the handpicked quarterback that he and Gutekunst liked. They picked him in the first round. They moved up to pick him in the first round. So he's had three years of development, three years sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Now it's time to pay the piper. We'll see what he's all about. And, and I think the Packers conversation also makes me think about the Washington Commanders. And I know yeah. they, they didn't have as much confidence because Jacoby Brissett, they brought in as that veteran of a just-in-case-of. But, I mean, if you think about how the Commanders guys have been kind of talking about him, Jahan Dotson has said, hey, there's no competition. Like, Sam Howell's our guy. Like, we believe right. in Sam Howell. There's sort of that confidence as well there in D.C. No question there is. And, look, D.C., I think, if you know, if D.C. were to sign Dalvin Cook, I think that would really improve their offensive team. I think it would improve their overall team and it would give them a chance to compete because defensively they can compete. And if they can manage the game correctly in terms of playing all three phases together, this team should win more than eight games. They're eight, eight and one last year without really getting quarterback play. They had a bad offensive line. So to me, if I were in the Washington building, I'd be, let's just sign Cook. People say, well, they got Robinson and they got Gibson. No, 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 we're not good enough there. Like we need to take a step higher. You know, we need to go up a step higher to sign Cook. And if we got that step higher to go along with the skill. See, for me, it's all about the back when you have receiver. The rece- the back makes the receivers better because you got to worry about the run. you got to worry to load the box, not load the box, stop the run, spread the field. They'd be a really good friend. That's why I think the Packers with Jones and Dillon, you know, they average five yards a carry. They can run the football. When they transition to a running team after the last in the last five games of the year, they averaged 130 yards rushing. Yeah, they have a lot of really good skill position guys. And Dalvin Cook was recently on Adam Schefter's podcast, and here's what he had to say what he's looking for in his next team. Quote, I just want to contend for a Super Bowl right now. I'm looking for that value of Dalvin Cook. If I walk into a situation where I can help somebody go to take that next step of trying to get that Lombardi trophy. The money part is going to come. I want to go hold the Lombardi up, kiss it one time and enjoy my family. So Dalvin cook also one that engages in a in third person, but I, I think that's what he's looking for. He wants a team and, and the commanders, I think on the surface, nobody would think that they're that kind of team that he could push over the top to win the super bowl, but he could definitely push over the top to get to the playoffs. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Look, I mean, they lost to the Giants at home. I mean, they had some, I mean, Tennessee game, they kicked the shit out of Tennessee and they lose that game because Wentz was so so bad. I mean, you know, now I know Wentz is down there training with John Gruden. I mean, like, that's really going to matter. I mean, Gruden would fire Wentz after about two days of practice if he had him. I mean, he'll say all the best things about him. Get this guy out of here, man. This guy's no good. Get him out of here. I can't do Carson Wentz, you know, and so, like, that's comical, but. To me, you know, yeah, they had more ch- more than enough chances. And if they would manage the game good, look, that defense played well in the red air. They were great on third down. They've improved in the second. They couldn't create turnovers, but they've improved in the back end with the kid playing free safety in Illinois. And they got the Mississippi State Forbes kid that could, that's a turnover. He can make plays on the ball. So, you know, I, I mean, if they just added Cook, if they just, again, this goes back to our original conversation in the A block. If they understood that Cook makes them better, Jordan's better than Drexler, then we can maybe, maybe we could trade Gibson for a player, you know, but people get so stuck on this is who we are. This is what we're doing as opposed to thinking outside the box on how we can improve the team. Yeah. That's a team that much better than the market is giving them credit for their win total is like six and a half, which is on par 
with the likes of the Texans, Tom Parker. No chance. They're way better like, than those. It's, you don't yeah, have a top five defense, so Femi, and, and wins. I mean, if you just if you if you don't lose games with your offense, and you have that kind of defense, you're going to be in tight games. And if your kicker's good, you're going to win a lot of them. Yeah. No, that's it's. I don't understand. I get, I get it. People don't know Sam Howell, so it's like, hey, they're going to be bad. But it's like, can he be that much worse than what they had last year? <laughs> like, I, I and last year they almost right? won eight games. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't think that's a scenario where we're going to find out. Like last year, the quarterback play was awful, and I know there's some Heineke fans out there, but let's get real. I mean, he's backing up Desmond Ritter this year for a reason. Like, come on. But everybody uh, loves Desmond Ritter. I mean, everybody loves. It's like, okay, he's great. We'll just accept yeah. that he's great. Played four games. He was so careful with the football. He he wouldn't let it cut. He didn't want to turn the ball over. Like yeah. I, I I get that they have great skill players, but somebody's got to give them. There's got to be a point guard. I mean, you you know you can have all the scores you want. What basketball team that doesn't have a point guard wins? Not a whole lot. Uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about this Tyreek Hill incident. This was reported by a local affiliate down in Miami. Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins All Pro wide receiver, allegedly struck. A marina employee. So according to this report, they got into some kind of disagreement with the employee, one of which the charter company is based in the, I think it's Hallover Marina. It was this past Sunday. Uh, the alleged victim does not want to press charges at this time, but the NFL could investigate this under the kind of the personal conduct policy there. And I think the bigger question here is just this time period. Mini camp yes, is over. Training camp is now about a month away or so. Teams are kind of just like, I don't know if there's many nights where you're getting a full night of sleep here, just hoping that guys don't screw up and do something stupid right before camp gets underway. You mean you can't cure stupidity. It's just there's two things you can't cure in life, cheap and stupidity, right? You just can't. I mean, somebody's cheap, they're cheap. You can't cure it. And somebody's just pure stupid, like Jack Jones taking guns to the airport in Boston. Like, mm -hmm. seriously, like that's stupid. That's yeah. stupid. You can say, I didn't know you can do. There's a thousand things you can try to do. That's just pure stupidity, right? Like, you know, you can't go through. I mean, that's why you go through those radar things all the time. I mean, so this what worries you the most, Femi. I mean, you're sitting there, at, at, you know, you're trying to enjoy your vacation and you're worrying about the stupidity of some players who are going to jeopardize the future of the team. Drunk driving. Like, it's inexcusable to get a DUI today. We got an Uber. You know, yeah. we we have there's so many ways to get a, to to not have to be in a car, and with to me with all these iPhones and cameras, if your behavior isn't impeccable in front of people, it's going to get filmed, and you're going to be on the you know you'll be on the back page of the New York Post acting like an idiot. So it's mm -hmm. the hardest time to be an executive in the league. Like it just drives you crazy. And as much as you try to like your children, as much as you reinforce it to them. You know, like, I, I mean, last night, my son was out. He went golfing. He was going to go have some friends. Hey, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. He's 33 years old. You got to keep yeah. saying it. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't say it enough. And I think for these teams, like, are those conversations had as you guys break mini camp? Like, is it like, hey, guys, we're going to be away from each other five and a half, yeah. six weeks? Like, like, what? make sure we're all, you know, being safe and not doing anything crazy. Like, like yeah. what are those conversations like to hope? In, in, in hopes of preventing stuff like this. Yeah, you're just basically constantly talking about, hey, respect the team, respect yourself, do what's right. There's no rules, but you know right from wrong. You know what's smart and what's not smart. Just be smart. Yeah. This is your career. Don't jeopardize it. Because if you're a low-level player, you're going to get cut. You're done. Yeah. If you're a high-level player, you're going to lose money. It's not, it's not yeah. worth it. 
Yeah. And, and 4th of July weekend that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. I know that's a weekend where NFL teams are just kind of, I don't think anybody's sleeping that week. And they're just like, God, please don't do anything yeah. crazy. Obviously the unfortunate well, the one thing about text. Right. I mean, you know, as a coach, you can just keep reminding the players, you know, yeah. you know, send group texts out to people, you know, as a position coach and as a head coach. Yeah. Happy 4th of July. Just don't play with fireworks. You know, yep. <laughs> like this, like that's kind of the message there. But uh, that does it for this edition of the podcast. It was a lot of fun here. A lot of great stuff that we talked about here. Of course, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Thank you to our producer, Andre Paraiso, filling in for our buddy Elliot Bowman. on Thanks, the Andre. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Beeson. And thank you to you, Michael. And I'll talk to you upcoming on Monday. Thanks, Femi.